0: That's what I get every time I go to the gym and I talk to Joey, meathead jet fan, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah, but who the Dolphins beat? I mean, yeah, they're good, but they're beating up on, you know, these bad teams in the NFL. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims. Unbuttoned. It's week nine. Ahmed Farid is here. It's 1038 p.m. The Bills and the Bengals are going at it strong. It's 2110 late third quarter right now. We got lots of stuff to hit on. And yes, there's still the question from the Jersey and New York meatheads at the gym will be, yeah, but who'd the Dolphins beat? They just beat up on the bad teams in the NFL. So I'm going to hear more of that, but uh, what's up, man? How are you? Doing all right? Good to see you. Good to, good see, to see you. You're on the way. You red-eyed from the Breeders' Cup. Was that the Breeders' Cup? Wow. Way to go. For,
1: I think the fifth year in a row now? 2019 wow, yeah, was my, so what yeah. is that, 19, 20, You're kind of becoming the
0: staple of horse coverage. Crazy. So of horse's ass covering horses.
1: So my, <laughs> my, my birthday is always this time of year. November 3rd, just like Big Phil. Happy birthday, Thank by the you. way. Yep. And so, if you would have told me in my 20s, like, hey, once you turn 40, you're going to go to the Breeders' Cup every year. I'll be like, dang, I <laughs> yeah, didn't know I got into awesome. horse racing that yeah, much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I must really love it at that point <laughs> in my life. And I do love it. I, I do enjoy it. It's a beast of an event. There are like 14 champion races all for multi-million dollars and so it's exhausting but it's one of those where when you get done with it you're like yeah. "Man, that's pretty cool it's a sense of accomplishment so no, it was a fun time had some good races it's a
0: prestigious race it it's is a cool setting it's fun to watch i tuned it in a little here and there well, I was watching, you know, college football on yeah. Saturday. My aunt Wendy, who's your biggest fan, she kind of always keeps me up to date there. Good. So yeah, I, and listen, you know, you do the Breeders' Cup. You have to know uh, lo- all those horses. I'll let you miss the Wednesday podcast when you yeah, have that. So about we'll that. let that happen. Connor, Other than that though, you better fucking be here. All right, <laughs> Connor. <laughs> I
1: listened to Connor. I was on the plane. Yep. Great replacement as always. And then you just did solo film. Damn review.
0: solo dola by myself there. It wasn't it was kind of sad? I was like, he's got no one there to Damn, talk to. No friends, just like you. Usual, I, I'm usually there to pretend I'm his friend.
1: I thought you just invite someone from the background, maybe <laughs> just to sit down in the seat, just to uh, kind of stare at you.
0: It's not, it's not easy uh, do it, doing it, doing it by myself. You I missed well. you. I, Connor's awesome to do it. I missed you though. Go, happy birthday! Thank you.
1: Seriously, what are you? Forty one? Forty? No. Forty two? Forty four? Forty four? You're yeah. you're older than me. Well, you're you're gonna catch up to me here pretty soon. <laughs> so we're okay. gonna be the same age there. All right, I'm not, you're I, older I never, for now. I never get too far ahead of you. <laughs> uh, so here's what we got. The birthday's over. The celebrations of Breeders' Cup is over. We got NFL football. Uh, We will hit every game as always. So there were four games that had two teams that both had a winning record. Right, and all four of those games had their own window, each their own exclusive window. It was awesome. The early morning one in Germany, and then the one o'clock, and then the Sunday night games going on right now. Right, uh, three thirty as well. 4:30. Uh, so we're going to go through those, those quadruple header, we'll call it. Taking care of business, some teams just went out there and took care of business the old-fashioned way. Got a win when they were supposed to get a win. Uh, some teams are back in the win column. We'll go give me the headlines, and we'll do a quick Thursday night football recap and a quick Monday night football preview. So yeah. if you've never listened to a Sunday night, Monday morning pod before, that's the That's, that's the how rundown. we do it. That's how we do it. Let's get right into it. The quadruple header, the four biggest games of the week. We'll start with the
0: earliest one. In Germany. How did Germany get this game? I mean. Chiefs and Dolphins. Well, one, I'll tell you how they got it. Because they've had two games now, and they have the best fan base I've maybe seen in any NFL game anywhere. I mean, America, Germany, London, Mexico City, whatever. I mean, they love it. You turn the game on, and you can feel the energy in the stadium right you turn the game off and there's still energy in the stadium they don't want to leave they're <laughs> yeah. sitting there singing to each other yeah. forever uh but yeah it's it's a special atmosphere it is it's really cool to see the german people embrace that i love it on a sunday morning kind of waking Agreed. up I drink coffee I sit on the couch you know before i got to get start getting ready to come over here to nbc but it's very enjoyable i you know i think it's something we're we're going to continue to talk about here you know one all right i mean kansas city we've we've been hitting on this Hey, offense good, right? We know that. They're dangerous. So with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, but is it dangerous like years past? No, it's not. It's a little bit about, you know, just more execution, ball control. He does the right thing with the ball more times than not, except for last week against the Denver Broncos, you know. And so they're kind of playing that style of football, but again, continue here all the way to week 9. I couldn't I cannot believe we're still saying this. That really, they're playing through their defense. Their defense is the strength of their football team, yeah. and we've never had that through the Mahomes era. And they, man, they made life hard on Tua and the Dolphins' offense today. So Peter King was there. Yeah, he was
1: talking to Mahomes right. after the game, and right. he asked him, "Is this the best defense that the Chiefs have ever had since you've been here?" Yeah. He didn't answer that, but he did say, "I do think we have the number one defense in the NFL." Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah,
0: right. I don't think I would either. But it's it's worthy of saying. Yeah. It's close, right? They're certainly top five. You know, I'm going to take the Ravens and the Browns over them right now for sure. But 49ers. I think the 49ers I probably would take their talent on their field. I don't know if I'd take their scheme as the way it looks right now. Now, I think that's where you get into this matchup a little bit and what's kind of cool about it. See, the scheme of Kansas City, one, they do a lot of the things we talk about, right? Remember we last year when we were talking about, hey, when you play Miami and you play Philadelphia, you can't sit there and think, oh, we're going to be sound and we're going to do everything. Like just, they, they have too many answers. You're never going to be right all the mm-hmm. time, right? So the tactical blitzes, right, every now and then where, you know, we haven't bought, brought this guy off the edge against this personnel all year, and then they bring it, right? So I think it's the curve balls that they bring to the table and then the other thing that's just they're they're arguably the best man-to-man coverage football team in the league and I think that's the big thing that went on today one nothing was easy for Tyree Kill, and you know me I mean for my money and as good as Tua and everybody else has been the number one thing you have to worry about with Miami is if you slow down Tyreek Hill, you usually slow down their offense, and that's the thing you saw. One, whether they when they did play zone, right? They, they got hands on him and pushed him around, didn't let him just fly up on the field like we talk about with some teams where he's like, hey, it's the quarterback's in the middle of the drop. He's already past the safety. Nobody touches him, makes him move. They just go, hey, here you go, right? So they didn't let any of that go down, but the big thing is they have the type of people that can play man-to-man, and they play man-to-man knowing where help is, so they're smart in how they do it, right? But that was, to me, again, the key to the game is uh, tactical blitzes, their defensive line did not let Miami run the ball. Now I, Everyone's going to look at it and go, well, Mostert had 85 yards, and I'm going to tell you that most of those came on like the last two drives of the game when the game was kind of done. Mm-hmm. Like It was like they were playing prevent defenses and like going, okay, run the ball. We'd like you to run the ball and let the clock run out here, right? So in the competitive part of the game, Miami could not run the ball consistently well. They couldn't pass protect well. There was good blitzes like we talked about off of that, and then – they're one of the few teams I've seen so far that said, you know what, we'll get in your face and play man-to-man against all your guys. And that's because they got some dudes in Lejarius Need, McDuffie, and um, uh, Watson who are phenomenal cover ca- guys. Uh, you know, Watson, 23, uh, or not 23, the other young corner, um, I'm banking on his damn name, who's really good too, has great length. But they were able to match up, is my point, and – not let Tua just go, oh, here's little play action, boom, you're wide open over the middle, right? Yep. So none of that. And you know what I've said. One thing I've questioned with Miami, which I think we're going to continue to question, is you know, obviously they're feasting on the poor right now. They're not. I mean, they played three three teams with above 500 record here. Who did Dolphins beat? Who'd they beat? Exactly. It goes back to that. And I, I can't right. say that I can disagree with that at this point. I can't. So if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube right now, right. we're showing the graphic
1: that we showed on football night. So, yeah, versus teams currently over 500, the Dolphins are 0-3 points per game, 17 points per game, versus yes. teams that are currently under 500, right.
0: 6-0 undefeated, scoring almost 40 points per game. Yeah, That's yeah. a drastic difference. I, it's a drastic difference. And to me, they all those games had one thing in common. And I know we've hit this on other pods. It's just that, you know, the – we didn't see Mozart run with a screen for 50 yards down the sideline. We didn't see Tyree kill catch a receiver screen for 35 yards. You know, like I said, we didn't see the little, oh, there's a quick play action boom right over the middle. They weren't going to let any of that happen. And I think that was big. And then the other aspect we talked about with Miami, if you can get them to third down, that's when they're there to be had because now you don't have to worry about some of the screens, the speed sweeps, the reverses and all that. So, you know, it's drop back pass and their O-line is not great at pass protecting. And that's where Kansas city had their way too. I keep thinking Kansas city's D's gonna fall off or slow up because they're so aggressive. I've given up on that. Today was the official give up. Like they're real. This is going to continue this way all year long and, uh, really impressive win by them as they you know their offense is still you know of course good but finding its way and, yeah. and it hasn't hit a groove of domination on a consistent basis this year and you think they will at some
1: point like they should figure out something maybe a little bit better maybe I would it won't think be so. the dominant offense that we've seen in the past but they'll figure out something a little bit better but yeah they held Tyreek Hill to a season low yards per catch of 7.8 yep season low in points for the Dolphins in 14
0: Season low in pass yards, one ninety three. Yeah, one seventy five. Right? I have here. Is well, 193? one. I think it was one ninety three with Tua's single stats. Maybe it's uh, what one seventy five when you add in the sacks and do with all sacks, that. Yeah. Th- that yeah. changes I, the team. I stats. add in the sacks. That's of course you do. do. You're that's a team guy. But three um, for twelve on third down, like yep. we talked about. Right? That, they're not. That's not their. Best. They're at their best when you're at first and second down, and you go. I don't know what they're about to hit us with. Right. So, if you go back and look at the games where they just tore it up, they don't get the third down that much, because it's like, first down, six yards. Second down, oh, we could run it, we could throw it, we could throw a screen, we could throw a bomb, and the defense is like, I don't know, what the fuck's coming And they go, okay, yeah, we screwed you over, we were right. And they didn't get in a lot of those situations today, but I gotta give credit. Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best defensive coordinators in football yeah. in exposing pass protections, disguising coverages, and you know not being afraid to call some aggressive coverages when that's time needs it and, and that's where he's really impressive to me. I don't know if you saw at the end of the game Mike McDaniel was given the handshakes and whatever and then
1: Steve Spagnola came over and he just saw a look on Mike McDaniel's face. It was where like, man, He was like, he I smiled. respect like, totally, you. Totally, yeah, 100%. I, I,
0: I could believe that. Spags has gotten to another level over the last year in my opinion with just his game planning and what he brings to the table on a weekly basis. And, of course, the one he had in the Super Bowl was extremely impressive yes. against you know the Eagles and has continued right on to this year.
1: And they hit in the draft with some of these young guys. Like, they can play. So no I think doubt. that's a part of it, too. It You're gives right. them more confidence to do some of this it's stuff.
0: It's a great point by you because, like, Karlaftis is continuing. To, I mean, he shows up every week. Leo Chanel, the defensive line, the linebacker great. great. Yeah. And then all the secondary players we talked about. Joshua it, Williams, was that the other that's guy? That's who I was thinking yeah. about, Joshua Williams. You know, Joshua Williams and Watson – uh, uh you know, and Watson number 35, they have great length and they're like low four three guys. So those are great weapons to have. And, hey, one of the big plays of the day was the defense with the 59-yard fumble return, right? Yeah. By- Byron Cook. Okay, so right? that, I'm glad you
1: brought me yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, good. By far my favorite part of the game. I've talked to you about this. Of course. For years on this podcast. Yes. So the first thing I did when I got here at NBC, they go, Ahmed, what do you know nothing about? And I go, horse racing and rugby. They go, good, you're doing both of them. <laughs> uh, so I did the horse racing. I've learned. And rugby, I learned a lot. And I'll tell you what, watching rugby, you don't have to watch it for too long to be like, there are some things that football teams could use right. in America. We've right. talked about this before. Yes. And the Chiefs do it more than most. And I and, and that especially at the end of the half. Right. When your offense is not driving down the field. I mean, that is the perfect time to take a little bit of a chance. You just you just turned them over. Right, right. The Let's worst see if case, we can make something happen. Worst here. case scenario is you give the ball right back, but it's like whatever. Then it's just like offsetting penalties. You know, we go back to where we were before. Yeah like I I I liked what I saw I I do
0: too I think that was the right scenario there for sure plus you know you're on the edge of the field right it was a receiver there's not like a bunch of people around you so you're not it's not like you're laddering the ball in the middle like you picked up a fumble in between the tackles right and now there's like 75 people around you want to go well be careful laddering the ball there but you're out on the edge he got spun around I believe that was Lonnie Edwards right the the safety and he gets spun around and he recognized or Mike Edwards excuse me not Lonnie Edwards he 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 recognizes nobody's around, and to have the the composure to pitch the ball to Cook, who then turns it on up the sidelines, huge play in the football game. Yeah. You know, It really was, because it looked like it was 14 nothing, and, oh, the Dolphins are going to go down, at least get a field goal to make it 14-3, if not 14-7, to and they're going to get the ball to start the third quarter. So you thought, ooh, this game still has a chance to get very tight and yeah. close here, and that, of course, took a lot of pressure off the Chiefs.
1: And I don't want to take too long on this game, but, I mean – Having said all of this, the Dolphins did come back. Yes, and they did have a chance. Right, and Tua did have a wide open receiver on third and ten. That I don't know what happened on that play. Well, I mean, yeah, you do know what happens. You're just you're trying to be nice. I mean, I, I can't imagine that he underthrew the ball that much. He did underthrow the ball
0: that much. I don't know happen. what he was did it slip thinking. Out of his hand? I, it could have. You're right. Because I mean, again, you you know, I don't think his arm is great, but he usually doesn't do that to that extent. Yeah, you know. But but I I think you know. Them being aggressive, they were going to make two and make a throw and beat them. They were going to let Mike McDaniel's dial something up where they were like, okay, it's just easy. And now Tyreek's running, right? That you could see that was their thing at the end, right? That was off the, you know, okay. So Mahomes fumbled, they get the touchdown, they make it twenty-one fourteen. It's looking good. It's late in the game. Yeah, right at the end of the game. And it's they're second, driving, to, second last to last play, play right? Last play. And they're playing man to man, and I, you know, he kind of looked like he threw it off his back foot and just tried to touch it up there a little too much. Like, oh, I'm just going to be give my guy a shot. It was way underthrown. And then the fourth down play, again, to our point with Spags, they bring an all-out blitz. They're going, we're going to keep the pressure on you. And if they dial up the right play or make a play, so be it. But, you know, they weren't going to go down playing some soft zone and just letting them get an easy completion to, to keep the
1: game going. Congratulations to Andy Reid. He ties Hank Stram for most regular season wins by a Kansas City head coach. So, Andy Big Santa Claus, as we get here towards the the holiday season, another another notch in the belt.
0: He's one of the greatest greatest coaches of all time. I mean, that's that's the stratosphere he's got into here the last few years, and and I think it's even shown with this with the way they're playing and still winning and seven and two and all of that. And you know, Mahomes in the passing game, not you know, always having to throw for three fifty for the Chiefs to win, and they're still finding ways to win. I think speaks to the the totality of that football team. All right, so the
1: Chiefs get a win in Germany the Ravens get a win in Baltimore. Another blowout home win. 37 to 3 over the Seahawks. And so, it's the opposite of the Miami Dolphins basically. You go who have the Ravens beat? So the Ravens now are 3 and 0 this year. Versus teams that entered the game with a winning record, so they got that Cleveland win, twenty-eight to three. Detroit thirty-eight to six. Now yeah. Seattle thirty-seven
0: to three. Those aren't just like winning; those are all blowouts. Well, we we've been talking about them, right? I mean, we've done some breakdowns about what they're doing. It's the best defense in football, right? I'll I'll, I'll take this defense over Number the Kansas one. City Chiefs. To me, it's it's the best. I just think. You know, there's aspects about that Browns defense that I go, oh, yeah, they're better in this department or whatever. I just think when you combine coaching with the personnel and all of that together, I think Baltimore's the best. I love the scheme. When I watch watch it, Mike McDonald, they're so creative. You know, a little bit like we were just talking with Spags. They find, they're tactically aggressive. They'll take a chance every now and then where you go, oh, man, that's creative right there. Oh, that's gutsy. They did that blitz and kind of left this area voided and just – played the percentages of they don't throw the ball here, or they don't run the ball here in these situations. That's what I love about them, let alone, like, if they need to just play a basic and straight up, they can do that as well. Uh, so they're really special. And then we've kind of been hitting on them the last few weeks on both sides of the ball going, they're special on both sides. Lamar's playing great. The run game, are you fucking kidding me? To run for 298 yards on this Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, he's a defensive coach. You know his first thing all week was like, we can't let the run game get going, right? That's one of the reasons they're not good in pass defense. They overplayed the run to such an extent that they've given up big plays in the past. And today, this is definitely one I'm going to be excited to go back and watch to kind of see a little bit more of what Baltimore did. Uh, They had their way on both sides of the ball. On
1: both sides of the ball, yes. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, the running back, Mm -hmm. 138 yards on just nine carries. That's a pretty good clip, 15 yards per carry. And this is it. I mean, this is what we were talking about all offseason, right, with some running backs. And this is what what can happen, This is what can happen. Keaton Mitchell comes along. Isaiah Pacheco comes along and has a big year on a playoff team. And then you have guys like B. John Robinson, who we'll get to a little bit later, who now yeah. all of a sudden is not being used at the end of some of his games. And this is this is why the running back position is in the state it is. I mean, congratulations to Keaton Mitchell yeah, getting right. his opportunity, and right. he's seizing
0: it. Yeah, but you know how dare you? You're hurting the market for Saquon Barkley and everybody else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but but uh, you're exactly right. You know, And I know I wrote in my notes one of the last few weeks. I think we said it on the pod. Maybe we didn't. I, I know I at least wrote it in our notes because this guy has popped a little bit. You know, they've given him a few gadget plays where you go, damn, he's got something to him here. Mm -hmm. I think today solidifies, like, he's going to be in the rotation a lot now. It's going to be him and Gus Edwards, I think, leading the charge here. Because. Uh, it, it's it's special top-end speed and acceleration. I think it's the best on that football team right there. So they get him going with Lamar and the way yeah. he's running and throwing the football and spreading it around. They're going to be really, really tough to stop.
1: Devin McCourty talked about it on Football Night in America. He said watching in the film room with Sims, he goes, he's got a couple rockets on his feet. Pete, uh, I was like, he I didn't say, say that. Say feet.
0: I, said, I said it up his ass. Come on. I wanna, you're going to quote me, quote me right. Was, was he just trying to save I you in there? I think he that, was or? probably just not trying not to say something bad on you know the big <laughs> Big NBC channel. He is new to this whole thing, right? He doesn't yeah. want to lose the job. Yeah, halfway no, into right? The first exactly right. He job. was smart to do that. He definitely was. But Baltimore, you know, like you said, it's dominant on both sides of the football. Five hundred and fifteen yards of total offense. The Seahawks get one hundred and fifty-one yards, one for twelve on third down. They can't even stay on the field throughout the game. They were dominated. This was a total ass whooping. And this is what I want to say too. This is the Seahawks are too talented to lose like this. Mm. They are. Uh, a, little, a little troubling where the the offensive lulls they have at times when I want to go, "Wait, you know like we've talked about, the tight ends, the receivers, the running back, the quarterback, they're all pretty damn good. It shouldn't ever be three points or, damn, we go two and a half, three quarters against the Browns and don't score a point. Uh, that to yeah. me is a little concerning with them going forward. Yeah, that is
1: true. You know, it's like you seem, they seem to have a lot of weapons. Jackson Smith and Jigba has yes. not really gone off
0: right. as much as maybe we thought he would. Maybe he's getting going. I um, like the talent, no. I don't love the system, and I think the O-line is just average. And I think that's all of that is leading to some eh moments for that Seahawks offense.
1: Geno Stone becomes the first Raven with an interception in four straight games since Eric Turner did it in 1996. That's amazing. Ball-hawking defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson now improves his record in his career versus the NFC to 18 and 1.
0: Wow. 18 and 1 versus the NFC. That's it's Hard to put a finger on, <laughs> right? Why that would be? I, you know, I, they're a unique attack. I think that would probably be the thing to where teams in the AFC go, wait, we we've, we've got to see this, or we played, you know, we've played them before, we've seen it on film because they played common opponents. Where I think some of the NFC teams are like, yeah, we only see you once every four years. And we're like, whoa, shit, there's a lot to this running game. And this yeah. Lamar Jackson. And we got to stop you know, uh, him scrambling. The design runs, the regular runs, oh, shit, they can throw the ball down the field aggressively. Uh, they really got it all. I know for, like, this is, what, our third week in a row where we've been saying – uh, watch out for the Ravens I don't know if you can really say anybody's playing better football in the game right now than, than the Baltimore Ravens watch out
1: for yeah. the Ravens all right so that one in the books that was in its own window and in the afternoon window we had the battle of the Eagles versus the Cowboys 28 to 23 the Eagles get the win there the Cowboys now have lost four of the last five at Philadelphia um, I think that the story for this game is, is pretty simple see if you disagree yeah with me. okay Eagles continue to find ways to win with the talent and the most talented players they have on the team. That's right, AJ Brown with another touchdown, yep. and the Dallas Cowboys, as we've seen yeah. in the past few years, a good team yeah. that just is. It seems like in the big moments, is just a couple of plays short.
0: It's it's it feels like against these type of teams, they have to play like desperately good. It you know where it's like the Eagles are so good, they're like ah oh, we. We played our A-minus game today, and we still win it. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Dallas. It's just what it feels like to me watching. I feel like that's what you're kind of explaining. Yeah. Right? It's like they almost got to play – Perfect and then some yeah. to beat the 49ers they just, and the Eagles. They just a need a,
1: they've, they've been there at the
0: end of games, yes. right? It's like minutes to go in the games. They're, they're there. Yes. They just can't make those few plays to get it over the top at or the yard be line. ahead in these games, which is what they really want to be, so then their defense can fly around and just create chaos. I guess that's, right? that's a good point, too. That's it's like really they're always they kind of
1: coming from behind late in these exactly games. Exactly right. Right.
0: And we've seen in the other games this year, they blow teams out because they're ahead early. Their defense flies around. They can be all creative. They pass rush goes crazy, and all of a sudden you go, "Whoa, we're overwhelmed!" And they blow you out. You know, but I think there's encouraging things here as far as Dallas. Like uh, nonetheless, Dallas is going to come away with this game and go, "Hey, when they come to our place in December, we showed, we proved to ourselves we can beat them." Right? I think that's the big thing there. You know, we get them on our stadium, on our field turf for yeah. the games faster, and and we're more conducive to, to that you know uh, environment. I I think that's where they can sell that. I also think it was a really big game for Dak Prescott to kind of just show like you know Dak Prescott's under tremendous pressure there, nationally and you know locally in Dallas because it's just like if anything goes wrong, it's Dak Prescott's fault. And I hope nobody's saying that after tonight. I mean, Dak Prescott was phenomenal. He was the best player on the field today in the game. He made play after play after play. And a lot of them, again, were not like, oh, the system's delivering them. I mean, I would say like... You know, out of the 10 biggest pass plays of the game, seven of them were him kind of escaping the pocket or on the move and mm-hmm. finding somebody down the football field. So that is encouraging for Dallas, and I think they can sell to themselves when they play him again. Hey, if we do this and just fix this, you know, we can beat these guys, right? Now, the other problem is, like what you're saying, uh, the Eagles give me – I said this to Devin McCourty, like, late in the third quarter, I just went – I feel like the Eagles are like your old Patriot teams with Brady in it. It's just I just go, e- even when you don't play your best, I go, It still feels like they're about to win the game. They're gonna just find a way here somehow. Their team is too good in totality. Their coach's too well, you know, on both sides of the ball. So even when their offense hit a low in the fourth quarter, I was like, Well, all right, I I gotta see Dallas go down and actually score touchdowns and to win this game against this defense, right? And they got close. But a lot of teams seem to get close against Philly and don't ever pull it out. In fact, in all the big games, I mean, there's like, you know, one special team with a guy wearing one and five in red and yellow that's been able to, like, kind of outclass them in the clutch moment of a game, right? Or a team that went like, whoa, they actually made more plays than the Eagles did in the final moments, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it just seems like that we've been saying that for two years where you watch a game, they have a few game, one game every other week or every three weeks where you go, they're not playing their best, but – they're going to find a way to win, and today was the defense. Yeah. The defense came up big in all the big moments at the end of the football game.
1: You say they remind you of the Patriots back in the day. Yeah. Let me give you another comparison Okay, here. Perhaps the Colts of the early 2000s. Okay. Because just for this stat, maybe not in the style of yeah. play, Yeah, but uh, they're the first team to start 8-1 and one or better in consecutive seasons since the 2005-2006 Colts. The Colts in 2005 lost in the playoffs, but then won the Super Bowl in 2006 they had to grow into it yeah but two good starts uh, two back-to-back years for them and yeah they've been in these close games so far this year their sixth win this season by nine points or fewer which i mean that was the vikings mo last year and didn't necessarily help yeah. them in the playoffs yeah. but I, it does i feel think like it'll help them they have the confidence they they can win these games
0: They can, and they know that like hey i think they realize they can take it to another level when they have maybe a little fear i don't think dallas scares them I think Dallas is a big game and all that. I don't think they feel fear right mm-hmm. when they're playing Dallas. I think they still go out there and go, eh, they're good, but we're you know they're like our little brothers. We're still gonna win this game. We're gonna have to mess it up to lose. That's kind of how it feels like to me. Um, they're just they they have everything like we've talked about. Hurts played really good. He was efficient. You know, Dallas had a good job. It looked like they changed some things up on the defensive side of the ball. They did not go crazy aggressive man play after play. They played some more zones. You know, they kept A. J. Brown and company in front of them for the most part of the football game. You know, you can only do that for so long. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was the defense. Right tackle has got to be an issue for Dallas. Hmm. Steel at right tackle got abused consistently throughout the game, and especially towards the end of the game. You know, when they get three sacks in the last three minutes, five sacks total, and they were around Dak Prescott a lot, and he made some great escapes to throw the ball and get plays down the field.
1: Before we move on to the next game, yeah. let's give some credit to some of those guys that were making Dak Prescott yeah. escape the pocket. Josh Sweat with six quarterback pressures per next-gen stats, now tied with Micah Parsons for most in the NFL this
0: season with 50. So it's Micah Parsons
1: and Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat's number been, one.
0: It's been all year long. It has. And he's kind of, like, gets forgot about in that – Group there. I don't know why Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, you know, Jalen Carter, we talk about him. Mm -hmm. He's kind of Mr. Consistent. He has a very similar skill set to the sweat that just got traded to Chicago. It's long. It's not sexy to people. It doesn't yeah. jump off the screen all the time. But you start to watch him sing, and you start to go, damn, he gets around the edge a lot. Damn, he moves his guy in the run game a lot. Damn, he pushes his guy back into the quarterback a lot. And that's where he's uh, damn special that way. Are they, They're not related? No Montez sweat. Not. No. There's got to be somewhere along somewhere, the lineage, right? Somewhere. It's like I mean, Sweats it's all like how could you two be that up. same name? You look like you're built from Greek god <laughs> status and and you're unbelievable rushing the past. there's got to be a relation somewhere. <laughs> Bird
1: Gang Biss says to us, "Damn okay, Brandon Graham. Dallas had first and goal on the 6 to win it." uh birds definitely on tilt bg with two huge sacks to help seal it yeah he did he just 14 years deep still wrecking games unbelievable
0: perfect spot for him you know gets to be the backup Come in situations like that he's fresh right so and and that's where they're special too is they can just send waves of guys at you but yeah brandon graham you know off that right edge of the offense against steel uh, definitely some big moments down, down the stretch. And the only other game that had its
1: own window and had two teams with a winning record going in, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday Night Football on NBC. There's about six and a half minutes to go in this game.
0: Yep. Do we want to table it? Well, Man. yeah. So the, the so we came on and it was twenty one ten, right? That's what yep. I kind of said. Twenty one ten Bengals. The Bills drove down the field, and I didn't want to interrupt you and us when we. I were was talking. on a. Fl- I was like rolling. I or know something, you, like were some rolling. Stat, you were rolling. You were totally yeah. in like the zone. I did not want to mess with it. <laughs> the Bills drove down the field at twenty one ten. It was an impressive drive. They were going. He threw the ball over the middle to Dalton Kincaid, mm-hmm. who kind of like jumped over somebody and they made him flip and as he was flipping the linebacker went by him and hit the ball and he Ooh. fumbled before he hit the ground and it was pratt jermaine pratt second week in a row big play by him and then the the Bengals got the ball and went on a long drive got inside the 10 of buffalo but had to settle for a field goal so now we're at 24 10 with five thirty left allen's moving to the left he was looking to throw a laser he throws it short, and it's incomplete. It's second and ten.
1: So we'll pick up the, the final. At the end of this game, we'll yeah. pick up the final analysis. Yes, we from will. Chris Sims Unbuttoned This
0: podcast. game is playing out just like our pregame analysis would have said, and everything we've talked about these two teams, it's playing out just as you would expect. And so that's a little pre- And I like to say preview. this, so that means we were completely right uh, yeah, on this one. That's why I was saying that. We nailed this one.
1: <laughs> Time to... Go into the printing press. Oh, we're getting the uh, paper out early on this Sunday hey. night, Monday morning.
0: It's t- it's it's well, it's daylight savings. We That's went back true. an hour, so it's really twelve o'clock. So the, the we didn't adjust the time on the printing. People's press.
1: like internal clocks want their paper at the same time, regardless of what the clock says. Right. That's a good point. Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. So let's do that. Well, we got two games in here, two great comebacks, two and. Un- usual improbable finishes too i would say the vikings come back beat the falcons 31 to 28 the headline for this game
0: is first day on the Dobbs. hello damn i mean really seriously uh, are you kidding me like you're there for four days he probably sees jaron hall get hurt and he's like what like, I don't even know if you're happy to play at that point. I, go, probably, I don't even like, know stressed. who just got hurt, but you're... I think he was the quarterback. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, he's there's probably guys in the locker room he doesn't know the names of still. You know, he's still trying to figure out the language and some of the rules of some of the offensive plays. He gets thrust into action, and it's ugly. For a while. I mean, it wasn't like he came in and you were like, oh. oh, man, look at this guy. He's a natural. It was a safety. It was another strip sack fumble. Exactly right. I mean, it looked like, oh, man, this is this is not going to be a good day or you know, end the right way. In fact, he ended up having, I think, two strip sack fumbles on the day, actually. But, yeah, the safety. So early on in the football game, this is what I, Minnesota's defense saved the day early on. The fact that they held Atlanta to three field goals early on and the game was only eleven three instead of maybe much worse, okay, that to me was one of the big gifts of the day. That they could they couldn't punch in the end zone, it let it let Minnesota hang around and then there they were eleven three and they kinda got it going. And I feel like it was a big pass to TJ Hawkinson that kind of jump started the effort there. And they punched it in. They make it eleven ten, and from that point on, kind of hung around the football game. And Dobbs, you know, even though it wasn't perfect by him, you know, it just seemed like every big moment he kind of made the completion he had to, and he made a number of big runs. That He's was the big thing. Always of the day rolling to save outside the, day. the pocket. Yeah, that, yeah. His, his legs were the biggest weapon he had today. And what did Florio say about that? That.
1: The Atlanta Falcons were spying him, or were not spying. They're not him. spying they were not. him. No, yeah, that, you know it, he's not it, deemed you can tell.
0: a dangerous of enough runner yet to where teams spy him. Yeah, right. But he's, that was
1: all the offense they had. Like he was getting flushed out of the pocket, going right,
0: and either throwing on the run or just running. For exactly right. A big was, game. That was really all there was to it. And then made a few clutch throws at the end of the football game that were huge. That way, uh, I got to give credit to Minnesota though, in, in a lot of for ways. Sure. You know, Heineke was solid. It wasn't great. I'm sure they were expecting or hoping for a little more in the benching of Desmond Ritter for Heineke. Uh, he did good, but it wasn't as efficient and still had those Heineke moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe he threw that, or ooh, that was a little dangerous there. But got to give credit to the Vikings, the, the culture they have there, the battle-tested toughness that we talk about with a lot of good teams. Kevin O'Connell, head coach, Flora is the defensive coordinator, Uh, finding a way to win a football game like that on the road with a quarterback that's been there for four days is truly remarkable. So explain to
1: me what was happening in the headset for Joshua Dobbs because Kevin O'Connell said this after the game, and I think Joshua may have said it too, is that he was relaying the play to Dobbs, and then after they break the huddle, he was giving him more information. Probably giving
0: him some refreshers, right? Like what would that sound like? So I would think that let's just say he – you know, gets in the huddle, he calls West right slot, 72 bingo, you split, right? And then, so he calls that, but I'm sure, you know, in a situation like that, when you're still learning offense, you say the play and you say it confident, like, you know, you're talking about, right? But then you break the huddle and you're like, okay, wait, what do I got to do? That's what happens as a quarterback sometimes when you're early on. And I think that's where, and I'm interested to hear more about this too, but I bet you O'Connell was more like, Okay. Okay. So, hey, you're gonna look at X. X is gonna run the in cut. That's the first read. You want to go to Y, second, and then you know find the checkdown for number three. I would bet it was little clues like that, hmm. right? You know, or hey, this play, call it and run it. But if you get the free safety blitz, we want you to check to this runner, whatever. Just little inklings of things, just the reminders, checklist in your brain to go through. You know, and they're much more liberal with keeping that on. Yeah, back it, in my the, day, they used to cut it off when you broke the huddle. So you go Break, break the huddle, and it was dark. cut off. Now, because teams kind of do the muddle huddle sometimes, or they go hurry up, but they stand around, they've kind of let it go till 15 seconds, as far as on the playcock Or like if you're under, or start right. saying the cadence, they basically stop it no matter what. Uh, so I think that gave him some time today to digest some things. And O'Connell, being from McVeigh and the Rams, because they do, used that to too, do that to do that, right? You know, I got a lot of flack at one point because I was like, "Damn, that's the NFL shouldn't let them do that." I would do it if I was allowed to, too. Yeah. I wasn't saying they were wrong. I just felt like it was like cheating a little bit. But no, now it's pretty commonplace throughout the NFL. That's that's pretty cool. All
1: right, Joshua Dobbs, amazing. Four, five days on the jo- well, four days on the job, four days on the
0: job doing that, and one more thing. Okay, even with all of that, right? It's 21-13, yeah. Falcons. The Falcons find ways to fuck things up a lot. That's mm. the one thing we've seen throughout the year. It's 21-13, to and B. John Robinson fumbles. Yep. And then on the very next drive, Heineke throws an interception. So they were up 21-13, you know, and there they were in a handful of plays, and all of a sudden they were down 24-21. Right? Those were both on the first play of the drive. Exactly. They were consecutive plays. I was going to say that, and I chickened out. So... Those were big moments in the game. And and again, I don't want to not give credit to Minnesota. They deserve a ton of credit. But those are also things where those are somewhat self inflicted by the the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, we've seen just them have some moments like this all season long where, yeah, being careless with the football, doing some stupid things, uh, whatever it may be. And that's why they're four and five. Now that you've done
1: the one more thing on this game, yeah. it gave Pete time to do one more tweet from one of the homies out there. Colton Parr says, "Damn okay to the Falcons for finding more ways to not get the ball into the hands of their highly drafted playmakers, and for forgetting how to tackle." Legit, damn okay to Josh Dobbs though. Don't know what's more impressive—the physical or mental side of today's game. So, uh, yeah, a it's both. Falcons both. hate and some some pub on, yeah, on Josh Dobbs. They
0: can't, man. you know, you know, didn't get pits the ball very much. I think that's what he's referring to. They had no Drake London in the game, yeah. so that
1: hurt them. Robinson's fumble probably was the reason he didn't get much carry at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, right. And they were having a hard time running the football So It wasn't a day where you looked at it and just went, oh, they're just gashing them and doing whatever they want. It didn't feel that way. It certainly didn't. You know, the big play of the game was the Jonu Smith little screen pass or short pass that he ran up the sidelines for 60 yards. But, hey, yeah, the passing game in Atlanta, Ritter, Heineke, whatever you want to say, uh, it needs more work regardless. And that's where they gotta they got to dive in there and become a little more creative in that aspect.
1: It was last year that we saw Baker Mayfield With, what, five days on the job, play a Thursday night game in L.A. and get a win. And we were like, "How how, we might never see that again. Little did we know that would happen uh, the very next year. But speaking of Baker Mayfield, he's got our second game here. And give me the headlines, the Buccaneers go down to the Houston Texans. Looks like they had a a last-second win to the Buccaneers. But no, it's the Houston Texans with with C.J. Stroud. Our headline for this game is... Say it loud. Say it strong. There we go. Yeah. Sets an NFL rookie record with 470 passing yards. Ties the rookie record with five touchdown passes. In the second half alone, just four incomplete passes, 325 yards, and four touchdowns. He had as many touchdowns as incomplete passes. And, oh, by the way, he still needed to drive him the entire length of the field in less than a minute with no timeouts.
0: 46 seconds. They went five plays 75 yards in 40 seconds. I mean, it's incredible. They this is not like dinkin fest. like oh he's throwing screens and they're running for 70 or he's you know running the, the speed sweep reverse where he just shovels the pass in front of him and the guy runs for another 60. I mean when they drop back to pass, it's like every time is like he's looking to throw at 15, 20, 25, 15, 20, 25. I think they had nine, somewhere in that range, nine 20-plus-yard completions in the football game. I mean, that's insane. And then had a handful that were like 12 and 13, right, or just on the cusp of it, 14. Uh, so, I mean, he is their team. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even joking with this, right? I know this is a strong statement. Kind of said this on Football Night in America. I don't remember a rookie quarterback ever looking this good in my life, right? I mean, I'm I'm dead serious. I'm not being like a sens- sensationalism or trying to be a he- like, I, It's every game this year I've gone, damn, that guy's good and he belongs. Like from the get-go against Baltimore week one. And now it's starting to go like every other week of going, belongs, damn. He's the best quarterback in the field today. Damn, he's one of the best quarterbacks I saw all day, period, at any team. I and mean, so that's where it's special. Like, I'm really, I'm I'm not even trying to, like, you think of rookie quarterbacks that have done this. It's 14 touchdowns, one interception, right? I'm thinking of special rookie years by quarterbacks. Of course, Dan Marino has the most special ever. Going way back. Right? And Justin Herbert more recently. You know, it was a damn good one. That's right. You know? But I think it's, you, I mean, you know, Mahomes didn't get to play his rookie year. His second year was the first year he played. That course was an amazing year. I get it. But I'm telling you, it's few and far between with true rookie year looking like this, them trusting the offense to this capacity in a rookie quarterback's hands and just going, hey, just you know, throw it all over the field. And he makes so many good quarterback plays too where he hangs in the pocket and he waits for somebody to get over. Oh, nobody's open. Boom, he gets it out of his hand just real quick right before he's about to get hit. Checkdown. The checkdown gets six or seven yards. He's just got a great feel for the game. This game was a lot of fun to watch. The Bucks did a lot of really damn good things too. Baker Mayfield made a lot of big throws in the game. It really was fun to watch. This was one of the more exciting games of the day. Uh, and it kind of felt like, ooh, the Bucks are about to control the game. It was 20-10. to 10. And they hit the big Noah Brown deep crosser for a yeah. 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. And it kind of just went into a shootout from there on out. Because it kind of felt like, oh, the Bucks got them. They're kind of stalling out a little on Houston's offense. And from that point on, it was just one big play after another by both offenses. And, of course, yeah, when it went 37-33, Bucks great drive by Baker Mayfield. He throws a great touchdown. And with that said, there's just not enough time. You know, they don't have that dude at receiver that you're just going to go, oh, he's going to be able to. And it didn't matter. It's just the quality of the throws. And Bobby Slobick, the offensive coordinator, got to give him a lot of credit the way he ties the game together and has made, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud so confident and so damn good out there on the field. I'm trying to think back at quarterbacks. I, know, I got a, you, right? I mean it's 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 like I look back at Andrew Luck because I
1: know he took the Colts that was to the up playoffs. But that, that was twenty three touchdowns and eighteen interceptions. I mean right. Stroud right now is what? Fourteen touchdowns 14 and, and one. one interception. Yes. C four Bain says damn okay, CJMF and Stroud, right. the true QB one. Chris's boy broke records. He's your boy now. Uh, <laughs> would it be fair to say that the Texans rely on Stroud to win them the
0: game as much as any team relies on one player? That, that's what I'm saying. It's it's gone to the point of like where they, they don't manage him at all. It's gone to the point of like, hey, can you win us the game every week? Right? It was ugly last week against Carolina. Carolina's D is good, though they've made they've made life miserable for Kirk Cousins in Minnesota a few weeks before that, right? But yeah, I mean for a guy that doesn't have like necessarily a Tyree Kill or a Jamar Chase at receiver, I'm thoroughly impressed. Their best player, Damian Pierce, the running back, didn't even play today. Yeah. So I got to give them a lot of credit, and uh, you know, for them to be sitting there, what at four and four right now, they already um, surpassed shock. their win total from last right. year. They were three thirteen and one. We
1: thought maybe this was another just kind of rebuild tank here, and I get another high draft pick. But no, they are no. they are in contention right now, and yeah. look like with an offense like that. I mean, how, how about how about defensively? You'd think D'Amico Ryan's could figure some stuff out as they go. I know they've had some injuries there; they've had to shuffle some people in, right? Especially in the defensive secondary. But
0: yeah, no, it's it's they're they still like the pass rushers. Uh, I think that's set, something to look at. You know, I think they're they're building their. You know, that scheme is not easy just to figure it out for a bunch of young guys. It's mm. their first year in it, and there's a lot of rules in it. And we talk about it with the 40-dash. Steve Wills is just trying to figure out that same scheme right now. And he's a smart guy who's been around football a lot, a lot. So, you know, they got young guys that are getting learning the system, probably still learning some of the intricate details there. You know, but they got young talent. Nick Casario done a really good job. Their draft picks, a lot of them hit. And I questioned a few of them, and I was like, hey, I don't know if that's great, but – they, uh, they've built quite the football team there. And, yeah, the, you know, the offseason, they acquire a few more pieces for that defense there. They're going to be a handful on that side of the ball.
1: Bucks are trending in the wrong direction. They are definitely in the post-Tom Brady era now. Longest losing streak, four games since 2019. And that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. It's a six-point game between the Bengals. Six and Six-point. Oh, yep.
0: Long, ugly drive by the Bills. They went down. They scored right. They went. They got the two-point conversion. Uh, it Minute was twenty-three a left. Twelve-play, seventy-five-yard drive. So they down by oh, six. It's over. It's over. They're taking a knee. It's over. The Bengals came it. out a super aggressive, uh, up by six, and like threw the ball, and we're like, we're we're not going to go down running the clock out, seeing Josh Allen get the ball one time. Uh, Burrow made some big plays to close it so out. So we're
1: going to do our recap even before the Chevrolet post-game show, where they have Melissa interviewing the stars of the game. We're going to do <laughs> it. We're going to do it before Melissa can do that. Uh, so let's let's get into it. The Bengals get the win. Uh, everyone but Jason Garrett picked the Bengals to win from the panel. Jeez, you guys crushed it. What was it. he thinking? Well done. Well done. Uh, I mean, a, a statement statement win for the Cincinnati Bengals at home. People thought they were going to win. The Buffalo Bills have been have looked like a team that's not going to make the playoffs at time this year and also at times look like one of the better teams in football yeah. this year. They just continue that roller coaster. What's your big headline from, from this game?
0: I think it got a pretty – I mean, Buffalo's going to be, a, I know, a handful. As long as they got that guy at quarterback, they're going to be a pain in the ass. I, Buffalo, I just worry that – you know the same thing we always talk about. You know, the offense is still – I think they're still finding their way, and it's week nine. I do think they're trying to adjust on the fly of starting to feature other guys, get the ball to other guys in other guys' hands. They're yeah, doing their best. Dalton Kincaid had more targets than Stephon Diggs, yeah, eleven right.
1: targets to just seven for right. Diggs today. They were still the top two. Yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 you know, this is one of those games too where this is a tough matchup for Buffalo. It, it is in a lot of ways, you know. The other side of that is Buffalo, I don't think, has enough studs on the defensive side of the ball to hang with a team like Cincinnati. I just don't. Would they have without all the injuries? Yeah, it would have been very interesting. Their scheme is not conducive to stopping Cincinnati. Like we talked about, Buffalo plays a ton of zone. When they played zones tonight, Joe picked them apart. Now, they took some chances, Buffalo, that I don't see them normally do. They did dabble in a little more man and brought some blitzes tonight because I think they realized if we play our normal way, we're not going to get it done. He's just gonna slowly tear us apart. He tore them apart anyways. He went thirty one of forty four for three forty eight, right? And I mean he had a damn good day. And they got Higgins a few times when they played man to man on him, where they went, Okay, we'll take a shot. They almost hit Jamar Chase on a deep post that we saw right before we came on. You know, so I Buffalo to me is gonna be like this the whole year. I don't think Buffalo there's any way they can win the AFC East. I don't think so. You know, I, I you know, we'll see. I don't know. Miami again, of course, is not as good as maybe we thought but i i don't see buffalo dominance coming at any time in the near future is what i'm saying i just don't see enough quality football players that way and then with a team like you know cincinnati they're got a good front four they got two good linebackers they're good in the secondary and then they got a defense that You know, like we talk about all the time, you don't know what their coverages are, what the hell they're doing sometimes. The weight of the skies is so game plan specific. And the Bengals' offense has found its groove. Like we've talked about before, of just their ability to wait. This is how they play us. We like to go to these plays. You know, they're getting a little more creative. But the O line being healthy, Burrow being healthy, we're seeing what's happening there. And the defense is continuing to get better. And I think the Bengals are on a. True upward trajectory, yeah. and the Bills are kind of plateauing and going to play like survival ball from here on out.
1: The Bills now five and four. Yeah. If the playoffs were to start today, are they out? We'd all freak out first of all because it's like, what's going on? Why are they starting the playoffs so early? <laughs> um, <laughs> but funny. also, the Bills would be
0: out. They, they would be. be out. Yeah, I, it's not shocking, and you know, again, these are things that you know we we questioned about them before the year. And we'll see where it goes. Now, they got unlucky with all the injuries like you talked about. Um, but, but uh, yeah, there's some concerns with Buffalo. We'll see if their offense – I think their offense is going to have to carry the show for the most part. It just feels that way. Uh, I think their defense could be solid sound, but I don't think they're going to be dominant and be able to just shut teams out. I don't think that's happening. So we'll see if they can continue to spread the ball and find the right way there. But watch out for Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, right now, Kansas City – if you made me rank the AFC, I'm going to go Baltimore, You know, maybe give Kansas City the second lead there. But Jacksonville and Cincinnati are right there in that class with them, I think, as the top four teams in, in the AFC.
1: And we finish up our recap just before Melissa Stark does the game yes, interviews with the stars her. of the game. We beat Melissa once again. All right, time for the taking care of business section of the program. Some games where the team that was favored and was supposed to win yeah. won and in our first game in dominant fashion. The Cleveland Browns shut out the Arizona Cardinals without Josh Dobbs, which now we see is is a huge loss. What do you can <laughs> yeah. do in Minnesota? Twenty-seven, nothing was the final score. It's their first shutout, surprisingly, since two thousand seven. They've had a whole lot of talent on that defensive side, but yeah. haven't really put it all together like this uh, in recent memory. Uh, let's get right to the inside the numbers, powered by AWS, because I kind of I think it speaks to. Uh, what they've done here and the defensive success rate. So the Browns defense allowed 59 net yards (laughs) on 48 plays in week nine. Is that amazing? Recording the highest defensive success rate. That is 87.5% in a game in the next-gen stats era. Yeah,
0: it was an ass-whooping on that side of the ball. There's no other way to say it.
1: So now they have the number one success rate, and so I don't know exactly what goes into determining success rate. Is that just like you won the play, basically? I, I, it's like, I'm guessing so. It's like, i right? give, de- yeah, like like, yeah, give that to the defense. It's like three yeah, yards, yeah, you're like, i give yeah, that to the defense. I think that's exactly what it is. So, right. Yeah, four yards on first down, and Pete is explaining to in my ear. There's a lot of numbers involved here, but I trust the people at AWS that they got this handled. Uh, so Cleveland right now, according to their metric success rate, they're number one in the NFL, 69%. Baltimore Ravens, you just declared the Baltimore Ravens the number one defense in the NFL. But not in success rate. Not in success rate. (laughs) According to AWS, they're number two at 63%. Yeah,
0: I I mean, Cleveland's special on that side of the ball. And then you couple it together with, you know, uh, like a not necessarily bell cow running attack by Arizona. They've kind of done it with bells and whistles and Josh Jobs running the ball a little bit and quarterback design runs. And through trickeration – Right, No James Conner in the football game, and you're starting a rookie quarterback? I mean, really, like, could you pick a worse place for a rookie quarterback to start his career? Yeah. Hey, you're only going to play Cleveland. They're only one of the best defenses we've seen in football over the last few years, and you're going to go to Cleveland, you know, and, and you know, deal with the elements and you're by the lake and it's windy and all that. I mean, they had no chance. Clayton Toon had no chance of success Where'd he play game. college? It was Houston, yeah? He went to Houston. Oh, right? so he's a
1: warm-weather guy, the too. warm-weather like guy great.
0: used to a humid ball and throwing it all around. You know, this was a great get-right, get-back game for Cleveland. You know, I'm sure they were sick after losing to Seattle last week. They probably felt like that, you know, slipped away from them. Um, Arizona's defense... Did okay. They kept them in the football game for a long time, right? Watson was not necessarily sharp to begin with. They weren't dominating in the running the ball early on, but as the slowly went on, Watson made some big plays, hit Amari Cooper a few times, he scrambled a few times. Their defense created some, you know, short fields and turnovers, and it was kind of just a boring ass whooping by Cleveland over the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals now.
1: Currently hold the number one pick in wow. the twenty twenty four draft. So there we the go. That's crash, what they wanted. <laughs> crash for Caleb or whatever we're talking about here. It's their worst start since two thousand six. They're
0: one and eight right now. That is interesting what they're gonna do with that. I don't at know the quarterback what they're position. They gotta we gotta see what Kyler Murray is. I would think they gotta see him first and kind of just get a feel for him, the person, his skill set as a player, how it fits in their offense, and where do they wanna go from there? You know. They could be, hey, we have the number one pick in the draft. We're good with Kyler Murray and now get a King's ransom for somebody else that wants Caleb Williams, right? Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of ways this could go, and I would think they gotta, you know, continue to evaluate this whole situation. But you know, Cleveland, if they can get Deshaun Watson going, he made a big throw to awesome throw to Cooper. You know, early in the game and you know, in another one later in the football game, if they can get him going, throwing the football and become dangerous in that department, you know, Cleveland's gonna be there until the very end and get in the playoffs and be a real pain in the butt for whoever they play in the playoffs. And now legally
1: I have to close the segment that was inside the numbers, powered by AWS. We move on to the New Orleans Saints yeah. taking care of business.
0: Against the Chicago Bears. Chicago looked pretty good early yes, in this one. Yes, they definitely
1: did, right? Secret Bajan
0: man Secret made some Baygent plays. Secret man. They were moving the ball. He was running. He was making throws. I mean, hey, listen, he they got something there. And I know they got Justin Fields, but you got something in Tyson Bajan yeah. who's, you know, he's showing the physical abilities of an NFL starting quarterback.
1: But is he showing the ability to rein those in when it matters the no, most? No,
0: probably not. No, probably not. You know, I know he had the three interceptions. You know, one was a good play by the defender. The other, you know, the last one, I think he threw the guy open over the middle. He he threw it behind the guy. Uh, you know, the big story of the day was Paulson Adebo getting two interceptions, also forcing a fumble, doing all that. But, yeah, early on in the football game, I mean, the game was kind of going back and forth, and it was fun to watch. It was. But, you know, yeah, Bajan's inexperience, his, you know uh, – just a little loose with the football and the Saints having some playmakers on D. You know, never like, you know, what do I want to say? Never, you know, I don't remember any huge big pass plays. They challenged the Bears is what I was trying to say. You know, as far as it looked like they were going to make Baygent make throws, he did that early on. But as the game went on, yeah, he made a few mistakes and, you know, Saints... It's encouraging. It's good they won the game. Yeah. It was kind of bleh. I don't know how right? to feel about the New Orleans yeah, Saints, right? Because I'm looking up and down. Like
1: Debo had the huge game with the two interceptions, the forced fumble, a fumble recovery, too. Uh, Taysom Hill was also really interesting in this game, right, leading rusher for them through a touchdown pass, also caught a touchdown pass. He is the second player in NFL history with 10 or more pass touchdowns, 10 or more receiving touchdowns, and 25 or more rush touchdowns. The other one was?
0: I don't know Frank Gifford. Wow, that's a good that's a name from the past. Right? That's a, that's a good one right so, there. Taysom Hill will be calling Monday Night Football. one day because Frank <laughs> did that for a while afterwards. I mean, like the they're, most interesting player in the in, the, in well, the NFL. They're riding him hard right now. I mean, he's a major staple of the offense and the quarterback design. You know, Wildcat runs that he brings to the table. Yeah, you know, again, I think that's it's smart for a team that hasn't been able to be consistent throwing the ball, finding big plays totally. that way. Why not? They need to do something there. Uh, Carr was pretty good throughout the day. It didn't blow you away, but yeah, it was one of those days again where you know you expect a little bit more out of that New Orleans offense and some of their explosive football players there. You know, Bears continue to fight, do the right thing there. It's just yeah, they're they're young, turning the ball over. You know, not a ton, not a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's going to be an uphill battle for them all year. The Saints, I feel like. Yeah, they're in, they're lucky. They're in the NFC South. Lead by and, one game, and they're right going to be in this conversation the whole year. But they kind of seem like yeah, they're on on path to be one of those teams that if they do get in the playoffs, they lose in the first round, and then we see them next year. I don't see anything elite about the Saints. Their defense, I think, is statistically ranked better than it actually is, and the offense is kind of eh, bad, and been. Unimpressive for the most part, other than last week against the Colts. They are the odds-on favorite, according to
1: DraftKings, yeah, I to win that. the NFC South right now at minus 135. Back in the win column, the Las Vegas Raiders in a tumultuous week. Josh McDaniel's gone. You talked about that on Wednesday yeah. with Connor. The GM gone as well. And they come out. Antonio Pierce in charge now. He goes, let's put the guy in that knows how the Giants operate and knows all their secrets from back in the day. I don't think that worked at all <laughs> at any effect, but uh, it looked like it did. 30-6, the Raiders get a win over the Giants. Well, like, how are you feeling? I mean, pitiful.
0: That was one of the worst performances of the year by the Giants. You know, it was the worst because, you know, I, I don't know, it was the worst I thought the Giants' defense looked all year. That was the shocking thing. I mean the Raiders and Aidan O'Connell kind of came out and made plays in the passing game from the get go, right? I mean we've seen the Giants defense play remarkable and keep them in a lot of football games. So I, I don't know if there was some curveballs thrown to them because of the coaching changes and they didn't some things that they did that broke tendencies, whatever it may be. But I was shocked to you know The way they moved the ball, Josh Jacobs ran the ball pretty effectively. And then, I mean, all air got taken out of the Giants when Daniel Jones hurt his knee. I mean, trying to move in the pocket, he jams his right leg in the ground, his right knee kind of collapsed, and it didn't look good. You know The guys in the viewing, Pete, they'll tell you as soon as he did it, I was like, oh, no, yeah. right? And he kind of saw it, and, and then yeah, he came I hope back it's something in the game. serious. Well, he, they called the a timeout. And they came back in the game, and he didn't do anything on the sideline to test it other than just like, ooh, it feels weird, right? He drops back to pass, and he couldn't even step up in the pocket. His leg gave out, and he just fell to the ground. So that's not a good sign. Uh, I know there's people that think it's an ACL. We'll see where it goes. We'll get the report Monday. Obviously, there's something there with some sort of knee ligament. I just hope it's not the ACL and something really long-term. Uh, I do want to talk about the Raiders, but what do the yeah. Giants
1: get out of the season now? I mean, like what?
0: Yeah, it's, the season's what they- over. I mean, I you know, it's I, I think they realized that last week. That's why they traded Leonard sure. Williams, right? So yeah, now it's just about playing tough, figuring out your roster, evaluating guys, where you want to go from there. They're mm-hmm. going to still play and try to win some of these football games, but you got Danny DeVito. I mean, Danny. Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito yeah. and and Matt Barkley, who actually two quarterbacks. Was, Tommy DeVito was 15 of 20 for 175 yards. Yeah. Did throw a couple interceptions. Yeah. Well, at least they threw the ball with them this yeah, week and I like trust them to do a little of that. Right. But yeah, even that that was, you know, a lot of it was the game was out of control and they were down and I'm sure he got some easy looks there. But, yeah, offense is going to be a struggle with Tommy DeVito, Matt Barkley, whoever, and Tyrod Taylor, who got put on IR. He can't come back for a few weeks. All right, let's pretend you're a
1: Raiders fan. Let's cheer you up. Josh yeah. Jacobs a season high in rush yards with 98, uh, two touchdowns for the first time this year. And Max Crosby, third career game with three or more sacks. Uh, Tripod2X says, has Max Crosby entered the defensive player of the year category
0: yet? I think so. I think he's, he's up there with the elite of the elite in the sport. I mean, you know, just not that we've broken him down on our "What the Fuck Happened Wednesday" podcast a ton. I gave they, him a big butt award. You gave him a big butt award. They've been in some standalone games where you can really watch him. Yeah, you know, he's amazing. Pass game, run game, never comes off the field. Right, you know, is he as explosive as Micah Parsons or you know JJ Watt or TJ Watt or some of those guys? I don't think he's as explosive. But he does it a little more with some instincts and motor and, and you know great pass rush moves. But I do think he's in the class of them. There's no doubt about it that he is one of the best. Nick Bosa, Parsons, T.J. Watt, Max Crosby deserves to be right in that conversation with them. Yeah, depending on the matchup, he looks as
1: physically dominant at times. Definitely. You know, if he has a good matchup, he looks as dominant as anyone.
0: He's got a variety of pass rush moves, right? He's got great length so he can get off blocks in the run game and the pass game. And, you know... He's 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 special that way. And the fact that he just never takes a playoff and he's always just fucking hair on fire. Crazy man. I didn't add Miles Garrett into that conversation we just said too. Yeah. He's also in that class, obviously.
1: DraftKings currently has Max Crosby with the fifth best odds to win defensive player of the year. He's tied with Nick Bosa right now yeah. and Chris Jones at plus three thousand.
0: They're not good enough on defense for him yeah, to win right? That's, that's I mean you gotta call. be a little bit better, I feel like, to get that and lead a unit as well, right? So that's where that I think ultimately will end up hurting him
1: the frank reich bowl yeah colts panthers colts get the win his x-team 27 13 was the final score colts snapped their three-game losing streak we'll start this one with jim irsay the owner of the colts here it is here it is chris you don't want to miss it i don't know if you've seen it whoa it looks like he might be having a medical episode but i think he's (laughs) dancing he's actually dancing
0: he just He's actually just like what is it, pumping his fist and going right foot, left foot. It's like right his, foot. <laughs> now he's playing basketball. Now he's throwing dice on the ground. Yeah. I don't know exactly what he's doing. Shane Slick's like now this this he's is, going, Let's go, let's go. This is awesome. I this think this is his, his back may have gone out, but unbelievable. <laughs> He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but he's having fun going crazy. That's an unbelievable moment. Uh, good for them getting the win. They right? too, they too match their win total, just like the the Houston Texans, who have now
1: exceeded it. They match their win total from last season when they went four twelve and one. They're they're
0: they've struck gold, in my opinion, with the head coach. Oh. Okay, that that's the first thing. You know, I know we've broken them down a little bit on the pod and done some of that. You know, I said something to Connor Rogers last week, or maybe it was to you on Sunday night, like their run game and what they do there to me, Shanahan's the only one that's more creative in football with some of their run game design. He's got a great drop back pass game and play action pass game to go with it. This wasn't easy for them, right? It wasn't like they carved up the Panthers or anything like that. Right. I mean, you know, overall it was, it was some, uh, tough drives early on in the football game. Right, they kind of moved the ball down the field, and then they kind of disappeared on that side of the ball for a while. Well,
1: Kenny Moore, right, first cold ever with two. Well, that's where it for a touchdown
0: right. in a single game. Yes, that was rather significant for them. But yeah, that was the game. I mean, really. I mean, so it goes. Colts good balanced drive. They get a field goal, three nothing. Then it goes another good Colts drive. They end up scoring the touchdown and uh, going up ten nothing. Panthers put together a good tough. Uh, field goal drive Colts answered right back with another one it's 13 to 3 and you're going okay you know here goes Bryce Young and them and they'll drive down and maybe we'll make a game of this let's see if they can make it 13-6 13-10 wherever it goes he throws a bad throw Kenny Moore intercepts it pick six and then you know it really was a stalemate of a football game and then Bryce Young throws a screen pass to the running back and throws it over his head and Kenny Moore was there, Johnny on the spot, pick six again, and that was all she wrote for the football game. So, you know, Panthers' defense, as we've talked about, is a pain in the butt. Uh, the, The Colts did this today with, you know, kind of gritty offensive play, didn't, you know, lose the ball or turn it over. And they let the Panthers kind of screw the game up, and that's how they won it. So Benjamin
1: Patrick says, okay, I need a quick eval of the Panthers' offense, namely Bryce. What's going on? He looked fantastic last week, and I was really shocked to see him play so poorly this week. So it's the third game this season. He has had two or more interceptions. He had three yeah. today.
0: Bryce, I love Bryce's natural feel, right? I love his all his releases. I think he reads defenses pretty damn good, right? All of that. I still think that his arm is only an average NFL starting arm. I, that's just my thought there. I watch too many throws. You know, people at NBC will tell you, you just go, eh, you know. There's just there's not enough wow throws, big moments like that, right? I think that's what concerns me. But, again, those are things he can improve on. And as yeah. he gets more uncomfortable and maybe puts his foot in the ground and drives the ball a little more, maybe he'll get better in that. He's slick. He's got feel. He's got all of that. But they don't have a ton of weapons around them. I do like their system. But, yes, arm strength and then you add in, like, size and maybe reluctancy to hang in there and drive the ball at times because he's Mm. a little worried about, ooh, I'm going to get hit, so let me throw it off my back foot. Those are the things that concern me about Bryce Young as we watch. What would he look like as a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? Well, he would look better. That's for sure. We know that. Would he look like Brock Purdy? Um... I'm not ready to say that yet. No, the one thing I see, see the one thing like Brock Purdy has, and we saw last week and all that. Brock Purdy can stand in there and make some throws down the field, right? You know, even though he's not a real big guy, he's pretty thick and got a little build to him. So to your point, and I know we always play that game. He would definitely be better, and they need to put more weapons around him certainly. And I'm trying not to be too critical because sure. there's things I like about him in the game you know but he's not CJ Stroud i know that you know i see CJ Stroud just make rockets and lasers all over the place off his back foot whatever it doesn't even matter you know Bryce Young uh, i think he's still getting used to the NFL and they're going to have to you know Get used to him and start to continue to formulate offense around him where he feels really comfortable and can show what you know the show the best of what he's got to offer too. I think this next game we're going to talk about a
1: couple of quarterbacks that maybe are in the same boat. They need yeah. an offense around them. They need a little bit of a structure yeah. around them. Commanders and Patriots. Commanders get the win. Twenty seventeen. Uh, Washington now has four wins this season by seventeen total points. Uh, they have consecutive games with over 400 total yards for the first time since 2020. I say this every podcast. I go, I like the Washington offense. I like the playmakers they have. I like Sam Howell. Takes I, too many you sacks. You should, yeah. But, um, but I, I like what they can do. They eke out a win here. Patriots were driving late. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster just dropped one, and it ended up being an interception at the end of the game. But uh,
0: three-point game. Commanders get the win. Yeah. the I'm with you on their offense. It has great potential, right? Uh, their offensive line is nothing special, like we've talked about. So they're always having to kind of protect that, worry about that to a degree. All right. This was a weird game, and they were dominating the football game early on, right? Dominating the football game, up 10 nothing. One of those games where you were like, wait, it feels like they should be up more. And they get the ball, they get strip sack fumbled, right? They give the short field to the Patriots, they get a touchdown 10-7. They drive a little bit, have to punt the ball to the, the Patriots again, and they throw a screen pass to Ramondre Stevenson. No, no, it was a run off the right side, and he runs for 64 yards for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, you're going, "Damn, the Commanders have been like totally controlling this football game." And I got to give Ron Rivera credit after making those two trades and the organization basically saying, "We're giving up on this year and basically giving up on you too." Yeah. For the team to come out and fight like that, I got to give them credit for that.
1: Yeah. What were you going to say? You were going to say some 32 yards. No, it was 37 minutes of time of possession for Washington, just 22 for the Patriots in this one. So you're right. It was it was it was domination. It was, I don't know. I mean, do you think that they've they're four and five right now? They've got an offense that can score points. I don't know. I guess they're not going to be able to do this defensively against teams that aren't the New England I, Patriots.
0: That that would be the concern. That would be concern. The defense has given up plays all year long. You know, and well, let 's see can can their offense and be enemy and Howell, like you 're talking about can they be explosive like they were today that's a, still a pretty good defense in New England. you know they made a number of big plays, and you know to the point too, right you know Howell was great uh, he gets the strip sack fumble, he throws the horrible interception in the end zone before the half, right to Kyle Duggar. another at point in the football game where you're like, well, you know they just it felt like they were controlling throughout. That, that's really what it felt like, and, and it ended up them just eking out a game and having to rely on their defense to close it out to win the football game in the end. There's some talented guys. There's some dangerous guys there. I think they're going to be in some sighting games. Uh, they'll keep fighting here, but I think, you know, 7-10 and 10 is kind of how I kind of see it all playing uh, yeah, out for that's them. What it right? it kind of feels yeah. like at yeah. best,
1: 8-9. Uh, and nine. Um, So the Patriots' yeah. worst start since the year 2000 they're two and seven right now they have the worst record in the afc yes they're not scoring points it's not working with bill o'brien the skilled players are not the don't stand out they don't get that much separation mac jones might not be the answer here they got they got some questions they from got this point
0: forward major questions i mean it's like where what where do they go where, where's the hope what do you what do you look for like we've talked about who's the head coach i know it's just it's you know, he's going to finish the year out. I don't think anything like that's going to happen. At least I hope it doesn't. But it, this is, it has the looks of like, yeah, we need to rebuild the New England Patriots. Like the lifeline of this team is already over. If it even if there ever was one to begin with, right? Um, I know their defense has a little more talent and is better with the injuries. That's hurt them, certainly. Yeah. But, you know, like we've talked about, I just think the lack of speed Linebackers that aren't fast enough, and then not having receivers like we've talked about for a bunch, where it's like, oh, you like Washington, right? Oh, what do they have? Oh, three great receivers, right? And they, you know, you're looking at them, and they're like, they got to go to Juju Smith-Schuster in the big moments because. Nobody wants Juju on their team, but he's their go-to guy in big moments, right? And that's just a tough way to live right now. And I don't mean to say that to be disrespectful to Juju Schuster, but he's not a game-breaker or anything like that. That's what I mean to say by, by that comment.
1: One more game to talk about, the Packers and Rams. Here's the, the bad news for the Packers. They have six straight games now with 20 points or fewer. They haven't done that since 2005, so it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the good news. I remember news. that year. Here's the, here's the good news. They only needed four today and they got 20 20 to 3 they get the win over the Rams who are without their starting quarterback Stafford was out with a thumb injury although he might be back relatively
0: I, I thought there was so I think they I think they held out hope the whole week that he might wake up on Sunday and be like I can grip the ball and throw and that's kind of the the feel and from the people I knew around the league, like I think they thought there was a chance as of Friday that he might be able to do it on Sunday. We're just going to see how it goes. And, and he won a he game, grip it. Sorry, he won a game yeah. with a
1: separated shoulder in his career in Detroit. He, I mean, if, if
0: if he's breathing, he's trying to play. That's what I know. Now they can't survive with Brett Rippen. I just I know that they had no chance today on the offensive side of the ball. Right? Their defense played really good. They needed Brett Ripon not to throw in interceptions, not have a you know stupid fumble that he lost at one point where he dropped the ball, he picked it up, he tried to throw it, the ball fell out of his hands. I mean, this was one of those games where the offense had to just like kneel the ball and get the fuck out of the way, and maybe the defense will make a play and make something happen. And the defense let them hang around forever, forever. But it's like we always talk about. It's a great defensive performance. It's just only a matter of time, though, before, like, okay, they're out there every four plays, the dam's going to break, right? And that was this the yeah. perfect example of this. And it was a perfect example of, like, Jordan Love. He didn't make any big mistakes in the football game either, right? They kind of played clean on that side of the ball for the most part. They ran the ball a little bit with Aaron Jones being back and healthy. And it was just an ugly football game that, you know, you got a sense pretty early on that man, the Rams aren't going to be able to score very much here, and it's going to be hard for them to win this one. To your point on Jordan Love, it's his first game with
1: zero turnovers since week two, and the Packers do snap that four-game losing streak. I don't know if you're going to make a case for like most valuable player to their team. Yeah, I honestly think you could make a case for Matthew Stafford because oh. with him, they look like they They're, can compete They're with like, anybody. Okay. Yes, I know we're on the field with anyone.
0: Well, Our defense is good enough. There's Our a reason we enough. come out here every Sunday night, and I go. I mean, Matthew Vaughan, Stafford. I mean, that's the only reason they're in the game. Yeah, his throwing, decision making, exactly right. It's it's covering up a. let's making chicken salad out of chicken shit. I mean, definitely, and he is by far the most valuable player on their football team, and you know two this game should have been worse I just want to add this in I mean Aaron Jones fumbled in his own territory one time and they had the wicks you know the receiver reaching out he he tried to reach out on a play where he caught the ball he got up he tried to reach out and he fumbled the football and that gave the Rams the ball so even the score is a little misleading I don't want to say it was misleading but the Packers controlled the game more than even 20 to 3 would say it did those are all the Sunday games.
1: Now for Thursday night
0: football in sixty
1: seconds. The Steelers win again when they get outgained. They have been outgained every game this year. Yeah, and they are five and three. They get a
0: four point win over the Titans. It's it's amazing. It is. I think the first thing you got to do, you, know, you always credit Pittsburgh their four quarter play, uh, the fact that they just it's physical and never die at any moment of the football game. You know, Will Levis was very impressive. He was. I mean, the first three quarters, their offense stalled out. Kind of in the fourth quarter, the pass rush started to get there. They weren't being able to run the ball consistently, so it became a little too much on Will Levis. But you know, through three quarters, it was like you kind of kept going. "Ah, Can they keep? Oh man, whoa, whoa, whoa. Levis good throw. Uh, Can they keep this? Whoa, Levis made another good throw. I mean, it was fun to watch and. You know, yeah. As the game went on, you just started to get the feeling of I don't know if Tennessee could consistently move the ball, and it felt like Kenny Pickett and the Steelers were starting to go a little crazy, and they just you know stand on the field a little bit. Tennessee couldn't keep drives going, and and slowly but surely, Pickett and the offense got going, the run game got going, and they kind of controlled the second half
1: of the football game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are five and three; they are second place in the AFC North. Actually. There's Baltimore at seven and two, and then the three other teams are all five and three. Oh,
0: well, Pittsburgh, this is the greatest thing, is we talk about the hitting, the physicality, the creative on defense. They know who they are. That's the best thing about them right now. Even though it's not, like, best to watch, or if you're a Steelers fan, you're going, I wish it was more, Tomlin and the offense and Pickett at least know, like, wait, yeah, we're ugly. It's just the way it is. But... We're not going to make big mistakes. We'll manage. We're just going to hang in there. They're the Giants the, a little well, last, last year, year. A little bit. Or the Steelers of the last three years. <laughs> right? But they just do that, and then they wait for you to make a mistake, or they make a play on special teams, or whatever it may be, and they come out on top, and uh, they did it again. It's, it's truly remarkable. To be outgained in eight games and be five and three, uh, I've never seen that in NFL history. One more game to go, Monday Night Football
1: the chargers go to the meadowlands take on the new york jets who are in second place currently yeah, yeah in the afc east you've talked about maybe that division's more wide open than we thought maybe miami is not as dominant against uh, some of those good teams and who knows this could be a big game for the jets
0: definitely the jets got to be like they got to be like the pittsburgh steelers a little bit like we're not going to be pretty on offense we'd like our quarterback to make three, four throws a game, we want to run the ball and we hope our defense just absolutely makes life miserable on whoever we're playing. They got a chance to do that tomorrow night. It was a coin toss type of football game. Mm. I took the Chargers. I took the Chargers because they can protect the passer and I think he'll stand in there and make a lot of great five and eight yard throws. The, The Jets don't give you a lot of throws down the field. They make you basically throw short to intermediate throws where you be patient, where you pick them apart. I think Herbert and company will do that, you know, and then the Jets being as simple and not scary in the pass game. I think they're going to have a hard time running the ball on the chargers to where I can see them just like controlling the game that way. I think Stanley and company will go all in to not let, Hall win the game at the running back position. Yeah. I took the Chargers 20-17, to 17, but I wouldn't bet money on it because I could certainly see it being 20-17 to 17 Jets too. So that means you listening
1: should also not bet money on That's it. That's right. Chris's advice there. They do need to win this game, yeah. the Chargers, because they have the Detroit Lions in Week 10. That's an
0: automatic loss at this point <laughs> here. Everyone knows that. Well, the AFC is good as it is, and we know that. I mean, we're, we're starting to see the AFC like we thought we knew. But like I said, the four teams that we mentioned before, you know, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Jaguars, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they are not going anywhere and they're only getting better. And then you got teams like Cleveland and Miami who are a pain in the ass and have some elite areas of their football team. So, yeah, they can't fall behind and go three and five here, the Chargers. They can't. They do that. You know, they're getting close to being out of this race altogether in, in, unless they go on some miraculous run at the end of the year. My God, we did it again. We did it again. We did it again. 11.56 p.m. Oh, perfect. On a Sunday night, oh. we've hit all the games. We might have some breaking news. Breaking news. Matt, Matt is handing me his entire laptop. Dan, I got, this is you got three. me intrigued right here. What's going on? Adam Schefter. So what? you know this has
1: to be true. He's got the checkmark, too. Daniel Jones. No, no. Uh, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. Broken forearm. A fracture in his forearm will undergo an MRI on Monday to determine if there's any further damage. Either way, Goddard is set to miss time and is an injured reserve. I saw it. He
0: was tackled by 14 on the Cowboys. Guys with gloves don't ever fall off anybody anymore. He literally grabbed him with two hands on his arm. And basically, like horse collar, tackled them by the arms. If that makes sense, I'm not blaming the defender. Uh, you got to get them down the way you get them down. It's not against the rules that way, okay? But that's my thing. With you, hear me talking about the damn. It's a uh, Bell, the middle linebacker safety guy. Yeah, right. You hear me talk about? It. They don't. The gloves are an injury risk for offensive football players because defensive players don't fall off anymore. Hmm. That'll be a big loss if they lose Goddard. He's a damn good tight end. He's one of the better ones in football. All right, roll that damn music again. I heard it, and then I kept talking. That's what I do. He's still going, yeah. One more thing, one more time. I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. The Week 9 Sunday night edition in the books. Ahmed Farid is the soldier of soldiers. Red eyes at home from California because he was that Excited to do Chris Sims Unbutton. Yeah. Damn, you are the man. You know where to find us Wednesday. Treasure Hunters What the Fuck Happened podcast coming our way. Please keep sending questions. Keep interacting. Peace out, homies. Clap it up. Clap
1: it up.